Welcome to Illum Radio, a different kind of oldies program that celebrates the tremendous talent of the thousands of people who provided news and entertainment to listeners through the only form of immediate mass media available in their homes during the American Golden Age of Radio, roughly from 1930 through the 1940s. This podcast originates from the seacoast of New Hampshire, and I am your host, John Lovering, thanking you for listening. Now let's turn back the clock and introduce the rebroadcast of this track's featured program. For those of you who like sci-fi adventure and are familiar with the names Commander Buzz Corey and Cadet Happy, I am Cadet Happy to feature an episode from Space Patrol. From August 15, 1953, it's entitled Peril Over Jupiter. In this episode of Space Patrol, a young woman who has inherited her father's metal processing plants on Europa. Where's Europa? I don't know. Use your imagination. That's what radio's all about. Anyway, she's inheriting these metal processing plants on Europa, but she falls victim to a pair of extortionists who are planning a hostile takeover of the family business. Space Patrol is officially classified as a juvenile sci-fi adventure series, but truth be told, many adults enjoyed listening to the program, too. The radio series ran from October 4, 1952 to March 19, 1955, and they produced 129 episodes. Of course, what made the radio series unique was that the series originally began on ABC television on March 9, 1950, as a Monday through Friday 15-minute show. On December 30, 1950, ABC added a half-hour version of the program to its Saturday schedule, and it became an overnight sensation. The televised version of Space Patrol aired continuously until July 2, 1954. It took a short break and reappeared on September 4, 1954, before ending the series on February 26, 1955, after producing 210 half-hour shows and nearly 915-minute shows of Space Patrol's five-year run. As a side note, Ed Kemmer, who played Commander Corey, was a World War II pilot and was considered a war hero. When Space Patrol first started, each cast member was paid $8 for each episode they appeared in. However, by 1954, Lynn Osborne, who played Cadet Happy, was making $900 a week, and the show's budget increased to $25,000 a week. The sponsors paying the then big bucks were Purina, Ralston, and Nestle's. And now, let's hear a rebroadcast on Heirloom Radio of Peril Over Jupiter from August 15, 1953. Wheat check, rice checked, and good hot loaf Space Patrol! I adventure in the wild, vast reaches of space. Missions of daring in the name of interplanetary justice. Travel into the future with Buzz Corey, Commander-in-Chief of the Space Patrol! In today's transcribed adventure, Buzz and Happy are attempting to rescue a girl being held captive in a metal factory in the orbit of Jupiter Moon Number 2. They have just entered the cargo hold of the plant and have raised the face plates of their spacesuits. Yes, sir. Hmm. Commander, I can't move. Something's holding my feet. Someone turned on a magnetic force field, holding our metal spacesuits. Get out of your suit. Hurry. Commander, look up above. The cargo train is coming down on us with an enduring beam on it. We've got to get out of these suits. This magnetic field on Earth, that beam can crush us. 
We'll return in just a moment with today's exciting space football adventure, Peril Over Jupiter. Gang, if ever there was a time to act, this is it. Yes, this is the day to send for that wonderful new Space Patrol microscope kit Buzz Corey's offering. This is the day because today is the last time we can make this offer. Now, just think, you get the official microscope of the Space Patrol. A microscope that magnifies objects 15 times natural size. A microscope small enough to put in your pocket, yet so powerful it shows you the living creatures in a drop of water. Strong, all plastic body, two glass lenses, as removable lens tubes. You can take it right from the microscope and use it alone to examine things like the bark on trees or the fungus on damp walls. And with this super microscope, you get four slides. Say you want to look at a blade of grass, put it between two of the slides, slip them under the microscope, look at the lens tube, and there it is, a blade of grass 15 times actual size. You see details that amaze you, thrill you, mystify you. But wait, in addition to the microscope and the four slides, you also get a special slide with an atomic particle on it that glows and glows and glows in the dark. So remember, gang, now's the time to act. Now, today, this very morning, is the time to send for your Space Patrol microscope kit. Because today is the last time we can make this thrilling offer. Just buy a box of rice checks or wheat checks. Then, with your name and address, send 25 cents in coin and a rice check or wheat checks box top to Space Patrol. Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. Don't forget your 25 cents. That's Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. And now, today's Space Patrol adventure, Peril Over Jupiter. After completing a mission on Neptune, Commander Corey and Cadet Happy have returned to the man-made planet Terra. Now, in his central office at Space Patrol headquarters... Commander Corey is efficiently clearing up routine business that's accumulated during his absence. He looks up as Happy turns from the communications panel a troubled frown. What is it, Happy? I hate to disturb you, sir, but it sounds pretty urgent. It's a woman named Carla Markham. She says her life is being threatened. Major Grave put her through to my office. It must be urgent. I'll talk to her. Yes, sir. This is Commander Corey. May I help you? Commander, this is Carla Markham. My father was Richard Markham. Markham, the metals expert? Yes. I remember your father quite well, Miss Markham. Now, tell me, what's this about your life being threatened? It's not true, Commander. It hasn't actually been threatened. But I expected it will. Oh, by whom? Two men named Nelson Sprague and Duke Dorch. For two years, they've been getting money from me under false pretenses. Quite a lot of them. How, Miss Martin? My father passed away. I took charge of his metal processing plant. Space plant in the orbit of Jupiter Moon number two. Yes, I know the one you mean. About a month, Sprague and Dorch showed up with some documents indicating that my father owed them quite a large sum of the documents were forged? Yes, but I didn't find that out until the police. I refused to pay them any more money. They became quite angry and abusive. Can you prove those documents were forgeries, Miss Markham? Unfortunately, I can't. My father was killed in the Also, I'm afraid they could wreck the business and give my father 20 years to stop the extortion of pain. Forgery and extortion. They've also threatened your life? Yes, sir. I might meet some serious accidents that cause me trouble. Miss Markham, where are you now? I'm at the Hotel Terra. You have those documents from Sprague and Dort? Yes, I do. Can you be at my office this afternoon at 1,500 hours? Yes, Commander. Well, bring all the evidence you have. Goodbye, Miss Markham. Goodbye, Commander. Thank you. Happy. Yes, sir. Check with Major Roberts and see if you have anything in the files on Nelson, Sprague, and Duke Dort. Right, Commander. Well, meanwhile, I'll contact Jupiter headquarters and have them place some information on the matter. 
Ray. Yes, Miss Markham. Dorks and I thought we'd drop in. Hiya, Miss Markham. Well, I was just going out. If you'll excuse me. You'll only stay a few minutes. Really, I can't talk to you now. If you're in a hurry, just give us what you owe us and we'll be on our way. I don't owe you a cent. I never did, and you did my father. Now, that's where we differ. Now, we can talk privately, Miss Markham. You have no right to force your way into this room. And a nice room it is, too. I'll look around if you don't mind. You know, Miss Markham, we were almost ready to blast off to your Jupiter plant, thinking you were there. Then I space upon your chief engineer, and he told me you were here on Terra. Here on business? No concern of yours. I'm afraid it is. You might have caused us to make a long space flight for nothing. Hey, what's this? Can you go with the road? Mr. George, put that down. It's Venus ceramic, and I don't want it broken. More than a ceramic will be broken if we don't get that money, Miss Markham. You've got all you're going to get. I know now that my father never owed you a single credit. All those contracts were forged. You'll have a hard time proving it. Besides, for your own protection, it would be wise to pay us off completely now. That sounds like a threat, Mr. Stone. It wouldn't take much of an accident to put that metals plant of yours out of commission. You don't frighten me. Hey, Trey, Get away from that desk. That's what I found beside the tracer tank. A memo in Carla's handwriting. Give me that. Now, Miss Markham, don't you know it's rude to draft? Space Patrol Headquarters, $1,500. Oh, an appointment with the Commander-in-Chief. What's this about? None of your business. You've got all our contacts by him there, Spike. Lucky we dropped in. You're not going to keep that appointment, Miss Markham. Oh, yes, I You're am. going to call it off. You'll call Corey right in front of us and tell him you jumped at wrong conclusions. Then you're going to give us the money in cash. The whole 50000 credits. I don't have that much money. Not here on Terra. You've got it in your Jupiter bank. We'll blast off for Jupiter right after you talk to Corey. Now get on that. I don't understand, Miss Martin. This morning you seemed very upset. I know. I, I was very curious. Everything's all straightened out. You're in no danger? Oh, not in the least. I'm sorry it bothered you. It's just that I've been working hard, and I imagine a lot of things are going through. How about those two men? Miss Markham, can you hear me? What about those two men? Uh, I was all wrong about them. They canceled the agreement. I heard from my attorney on Jupiter by space. I see. And as I told you this morning, Commander, I'm leaving for Jupiter this afternoon. I hope you'll forgive me for being such a boss. Of course, Miss Markham. Thanks for calling. Bye, Commander. Will that happen? Yes, sir. Well, that means there's no appointment at 1500. We can get much more work done. Mm. This morning, she seemed to be sure that she was in danger. Now everything's fine. Oh, I guess some women like that. Perhaps the parlor market has done a pretty good job in operating her father's space plant. That calls for level-headed thinking. Oh, yes. Like she said, the strain and all. Yes, but wait. This morning, she told me she was planning on staying on Terra for three days. Just now, she said, as I told you this morning, I'm leaving for Jupiter this afternoon. Oh, that's right. That inconsistency might have been on purpose. Why? Perhaps she was forced to make that call this morning. By Sprague or Dort? Mm. After what she said, so they wouldn't get the speakers, but I would. The deal, I suppose. The more I think of it, the less likely it is that Paula Martin would accidentally misquote us. Then, in effect, she's telling you, don't believe anything I'm saying right now. Exactly. Remember that pause? Mm-hmm. And I thought I heard a click. You were getting instructions, no doubt. Get an official surface car, Happy. We'll rush over to the Hotel Terra and check. Yes, sir. While you're inside the hotel, I'll stay on the car and watch. Mr. 
Looks like you were right, Commander. What did you find out, Hap? Miss Markham has checked out. The clerk said there were two men with her, and they left ten minutes ago. Did you know where they were going? No, sir, but I talked to the doorman. He heard one of them until the driver of the surface cab to take them to the spaceport. And that's where we're going. Uh, we could space phone the spaceport and have the guards stop them. There's no telling what Sprague and Dorch might do to Miss Markham if they see they're in a trap. The most we can risk right now is to try to delay a blast off. Pretty nice little cruiser you've got here, Miss Markham. I wouldn't mind having it. Don't worry, Sprague. You will. <laughs> George, Miss Markham doesn't think that's funny. You're thinking of stealing it, Chip. Just remember that it can be easily traced. Oh, it won't be stolen. I'll rig up a nice legal-looking transfer of ownership. George, check the rear view so people are being followed. I've been watching it. Look at Good. We'll go to her space plant and have her write us a check. We'll take care of the two engineers and fix all your communications equipment so you can't call for help while we're in Jupiter City. If we get the money, we'll see that you're rescued. We don't? Well, we'll find a way to wreck your plant. Mm-hmm. If Markham chips her, we could overtake them easily. Yeah, for the dragon of Kyle's fears. Just put Miss Markham in danger. Let's just follow them and find out where they're going. By the vectors around now, it looks like it'd be Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the Markham space plant, the orbit of moon number two. Do you think they'd take her to the plant? Yeah, they might. Oh, what did they turn out at that plant, Commander? High-purity metals from ores hauled out from Jupiter, chiefly zirconium and durium. The advantage of the space plant is the low gravity and the ease of maintaining a perfect vacuum. Uh-huh. The metals can be controlled perfectly by electronic heat fields and magnetic force. For example, a huge ball of molten durium can be suspended inside a purification chamber without touching the size. Oh, and the whole process is automatic. That's right, I think. Two engineers run the whole thing. I don't want Sprague and Thorpe to know they're being sealed. I can get a glimpse of the space patrol ship in the rear view. I'm going to space the phone Lowell City Mars and have headquarters send a small cargo ship out to meet us in space. We'll transfer to the cargo ship and we can get closer to Sprague and Dorch without endangering this map. You might as well sit down and relax, Miss Markham. We'll wait here in the plant control room until Dorch gets back. What's he going to do to my crew? It depends. If they behave themselves, they won't get hurt. Oh, here he is now. I got them both, Blake. What did you do to them? I just take it easy, Miss. I merely put them to sleep with the ray gun. Did they give you any trouble? Nah. I got one of them while he was checking some instruments. The other was asleep in his bunk. But they are cold for 24 hours. Nice work. Now, while Miss Markham is writing out a check, we can put all the space upon equipment out of commission. Start with... Cargo the... ship JC-302 calling Markham Space Plant, Jupiter 2 orbit. Cargo ship JC-302 calling Markham Space Plant. Are you expecting a cargo ship? Oh, yeah. The supply ship bringing food for the crew. I thought you said it wasn't due for two days. Sometimes it comes early. Cargo ship JC-302 calling Markham Space Plant. You better do something, Sprague. Carlin, what's your chief engineer's name? Quickly. Jensen. William Jensen. Okay, keep it quiet, though. I'll handle this. Markham Space Plant. Chief Engineer Jensen here. Go ahead, cargo ship. We've got something for you. The cargo airlock clear? It will be. Just unload the stuff. We'll take care of it later. We've got our hands full right now. All right, Jensen. We can handle it. Cargo ship out. George, you go into the cargo hold and keep an eye on them. If they act sociable, impress them that we're very busy. Well, they say I'm not one of the regular crew. Tell them you're filling in for a week. See that they get away in a hurry. Then you and I will blast off with you. The cargo hatch happy. Yes, sir. Oh, that was really the chief engineer on the space phone, sir. Was Sprague and George 
gun on him. All right, close the hatch. Open your face, plate half. All right, give you fellas a hand. Thanks. Now you can start bringing the stuff in. Where's Space Patrolman, Bert? Space Patrolman? Right. You can take us to your partner, Sprague, and Miss Martin. Hey, what is it? Go on, get moving. Hold the ray gun on him, Martin. Yes, sir. Hey, Commander. I can't move. Something's holding my feet to the deck. Someone turned on the magnetic force field. Holding our space boots. Get out of your space suit. Hurry. Commander, look up above. The cargo crane is coming down on us with an endurium beam on it. We've got to get out of these suits. This magnetic field on Earth, that beam can crush us. We'll return to Space Patrol in just a moment. Say, gang, how's your morning takeoff? Are you blasting off with your jets really roaring? Are you riding your bike like Buzz Corey rides his rocket? I mean, with your speedometer smoking like a volcano on Venus. In other words, space patrollers, are you supercharged in the morning? Well, here's the way Commander Corey gets supercharged. He tucks away a power breakfast with rice check or wheat check, the super cereal. Try rice check today. What will you say? Delicious. Try wheat check today. So swell tasting, you'll eat more and more and more and more. Rice check, wheat check. The only cereals in the universe with that modern bite-sized design for easy eating. The only cereals in the universe with a picture of Commander Corey or Cadet Happy on the outside of the package. The only cereals in the universe with that mysterious magic space picture on the inside of the package. The super cereals that help us supercharge you. Rice check, wheat check. <laughs> And now, back to our space patrol adventure, Peril over Jupiter. Nelson Sprague and Duke George are extorting money from Carla Martin to operate the robot-controlled metal plant in the orbit of Jupiter's number two moon. The two men forced Carla to take them to the plant in her own spaceship, where they overpowered the two engineers and are holding Carla. Commander Corey and Cadet Happy trailed Miss Martin's ship from Terra, then approached the metal plant in the small supply ship. Wearing spacesuits, they entered the cargo hold of the plant through the airlock, where they found Duke George. As the commander ordered George to take him to Carla Markham and Sprague, a powerful magnetic field was turned on beneath the deck of the cargo hold, making it impossible for the space patrolman to walk. Then, from above, a huge loading train lowered a heavy endurium beam down upon them. George, who is not wearing metallic shoes, is not affected by the magnetic field. Commander, I, I can't get out of my space. And something's stuck. That beam will down us in a few seconds. George, cut that magnetic field. <laughs> You'll have to talk to Sprague about that. You asked for it, Corey. You weren't invited aboard, you know. Is that Sprague? Yes, it's Sprague. I'm in the cargo control booth watching you through a view. Stop that train. Stop it. I only wish I could lower it faster. <laughs> that dodging isn't going to do you any good, Corey. Sooner or later, I can lower this beam on you. Keep out of the way, Dorch. Don't worry, Sprague. Hey, the other one's getting away. Run over there and stop him, Dorch. Don't let him get into the ship. Yeah, okay. Hey, but we'll watch the train when I'm under all right, Happy, when I give the word, open it. Release the air escape valve. All right, Sprague. You can let all the air out of this cargo hold in just a few seconds. The cadet and I have space boots on. You can close our face plates and we'll be safe. But your partner will be in a bad way. Don't let him do it, Sprague. Stop Get away from that airlock. Then turn off that magnetic field and stop the train. Do what he says, Sprague. Please. Oh, all right. Now, Sprague, come down here to the cargo hold and bring Miss Markham with you. All right. Remember, we've got your pal Gort here. You remember, I've got Carla Martin. Come on, Happy. Keep your ray gun on, George. Yes, sir. Go on, George. 
Go on in and don't try anything. Welcome aboard, Commander. Commander, I tried to make him stop the train. Yes, I was supposed to tie her up. Untie her. Are you hurt, Miss Martin? No, I'm all right, but my two engineers. What have you done to them, Steve? I was just about to tell you, Put Commander. them in the electronic furnace. Huh? Now, now, Commander, there's no need to be alarmed. The temperature isn't very high in there yet. But if I were to turn this dial, it would be hot enough in that furnace to melt in durium in just a few seconds. Craig, get away from that instrument. Well, come a step nearer, Commander. But even if you shoot me with that ray gun, I still have time to spin this dial. And he'd do it, Commander. He really would. Well, that puts me in quite a strategic position, Commander. Unless, of course, you want to sacrifice those two engineers. I suppose you want a chance to get away, is that it? A little more than that. Miss Markham has some money in the Jupiter City Bank that I could use quite nicely. Torch and I are going after it. After Miss Markham. Right. All right. Just don't hurt those men. Torch, collect their weapons. Your gun, Hunter. There's nothing we can do now. No, there's nothing you will be able to do. George and I are going to smash up all the space upon equipment in this plant, including those in your spacesuits. Then we'll take your cargo ship and cut it loose in space. Here, Dorch, you guard them while I smash up the space upon The sooner we blast off the future. Certainly did a thorough job of wrecking the communications equipment. Mm, well, nothing but junk. But maybe there's a small transmitter somewhere that they overlook. Let's check it this morning. Where'd you go? She's trying to revive those two engineers. She had a close call. One twist of Sprague's wrist, and that had been part of a batch of molten injurium. Here's Paula now. Any luck, Commander? No. We really smashed the equipment. Now the engineers. We just have to wait till the ray gun effect wears off. We could revive them. We might be able to assemble a makeshift transmitter out of some of this junk. Maybe there's a small set they've overlooked. I'm afraid they got every one, Commander. See if we can do it. Probably building one ourselves. Where are the space phone parts, Miss Martin? There might be some in that cabinet. All right, Happy, let's get busy. Up clear in the rear view, Spokes. You didn't expect anyone to be after us, did you? I won't rest easily until Jupiter's just a pinpoint in that view, Relax. We've got the money. As far as the bank's concerned, Carla Markham was just paying off a legitimate business debt. I know. But we're flying her ship. You better land us from nearby planet and get another. I've got that all figured out, too. There's a friend of mine on Mars who'll meet us in space. We can abandon Carla's ship. Yeah, but what about Carla and Corey? We'll take care of them, George. That's where we're going now. The space. How are you coming, Commander? Oh, we're about ready to make a test, Carla. The space phone works, we'll have help here inside of an hour. Yeah. Then we can go after Sprague and Dorch. Connect this wire happen we'll be ready. Yes, sir. Commander, isn't that a spaceship out here? Where that plane is? Oh. Hurry with that connection, Captain. It's already maybe we can contact that ship. The Sprague and Dorch and want to. Let's see if the set works. Mm-hmm. The meters check, sir. Here goes. Attention, all space patrol units from Jupiter Sector. Emergency message. This is Commander Corey aboard Markham Space Plant in Jupiter 2 orbit. Commander Corey aboard Markham Space Plant in Jupiter 2 orbit. Units in this region will proceed at once to the plant. Watch for stolen private cruiser JP450, possibly between Jupiter and this location. They got a space patrol. We got to stop you quick. Yeah, but how? We'll wreck the space plant. This ship is an arm. We can wreck it with our rocket blast. We'll come in with our nose rocket blasting. Uh, how do you know what part of the plant they're in? We'll destroy the air supply units. That'll fix them wherever they are. 
All right, George. Cut in those forward rockets. It's my ship. We're heading right toward the planet without cutting speed. They probably heard our space phone want to put us out of business. If they ram us, they'll put themselves out of... Uh-oh. They've got nose rockets on. Man, is it the space patrol here, your message? I can't tell for sure. We don't have a receiver. They probably do. Hey, what's Greg up to? He's not heading for an airlock. Anyway, doesn't he put his rear rockets? He's burning fuel at both ends. Trying to wreck the plant, he'll do it, too. The air unit, he's trying to wreck the air supply. Quick, Happy, close that compartment door. We've got to steal this room off from the rest of the plant. Yes, sir. Secure it, sir. Oh, they've torn off a whole hook of the plant with their nose rockets. They'll keep blasting away till they're sure we're finished. And we don't have a doggone thing to fight back with. This space patrol would only get here. We're moving around for another attempt. Time we probably won't be so lucky. We have to get out of this control room. They'll probably blast this part next. Yeah, but we can't be sure there's any air outside this compartment. Then we're helpless. Now, wait a minute. When we blasted the air unit, they tore away part of the section next to the furnace. Yes, that's where the moat and endurium cooled and rolled in place. The metal's forced in the furnace through those pipes. Carla, is this the dial that turns the furnace on? Yes. Is there endurium in the furnace? Several tons of it. Why? Well, let's heat it up. We'll give Sprague and George something to... All right, George, let's make another pass. This time, we'll hit the control section. Look, well, let's not get too close this time. Suppose something explodes. Drake, this is Corey. Cut your rocket. Don't waste time with an argument because we don't have a receiver. If you try to do any more damage, we'll blast you to bits. Listen to that, George. Who does he think he's kidding? Drake, look, they're firing at us. Hey, what are they using? I missed you on purpose that time, Drake. We've got tons of molten endurium in the furnace. We can keep pouring it at you. George, cut in the forward rocket. We'll get him quick. Greg, listen. That Bolton and Dorian can tear right through our ship. Do what I tell you. But they've hit us. They're tearing us apart. Cut rockets. George, you hear me? Cut rockets. Oh, it's close, Greg. Well, look at the instruments. Our power's gone. They've knocked out our power. Greg, this is Dorian. Our ship looks pretty badly damaged. Give yourself in the control cabin to prevent loss of air. Greg, we are losing air. You let compartment door quick. Just keep calm, Greg. I've got good news for you and Dorch. We've just sighted a space patrol squadron headed this way. Corey out. Dorch, did you seal that door? I sealed it, Greg. Before the space patrol gets here, there's just one thing I want to get off my chest. Yes, what is it? Just... <coughs> you and your big ideas. An action preview of next week's exciting space patrol adventure in just a moment. It's a quiet day at Space Patrol Headquarters. Cadet Happy is alone, gazing around in the commander's office. Suddenly, he sees a piece of paper on the desk that makes his head whirl. For there, in big black letters, Hap reads, The Space Patrol Microscope Tip Offer ends today. Something Jupiter, I wonder if the commander has seen this bulletin. Gosh, every boy and girl has to have one of these kits. Why, it's a real Space Patrol microscope, but it magnifies objects 15 times, and it's pocket size in all plastic, and you get four transparent slides with it, plus the mystery slide. Gosh, i got to tell the commander about this offer, and so he'll be sure to tell the gang about it. And so half hurries across the office, swings open the door, and Wambo crashes right into the commander. Oh, oh right on my foot. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but, 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 but did you know that today's the last day for the microscope offer? Uh, yes, I had Captain Tufeld announce it at the beginning of today's Space Patrol program. Huh? That's all. Mike, <laughs> well, Hap had the right idea. 
It's very important to know that today is the last time we can offer the Space Patrol Microscope Kit. So hurry and send for it now. Just buy a box of Rice Checks or Wheat Checks. Then with your name and address, send 25 cents in coin and a Rice Checks or Wheat Checks box top to Space Patrol Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. This offer good only in the USA and may be withdrawn at any time. That's Space Patrol Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. And now, a preview of next week's exciting Space Patrol adventure. Mandatory ship has been forced to land on Planet X in the outermost regions of the solar system. Realizing that since Baccarati's powerful magnetic beam makes it impossible for them to control their spaceship, Buzz and Happy have stepped out into a mist-covered valley. The question now is, where do we go from here? Head north, Happy, toward Baccarati's castle. Hmm. What's that? I don't know. Whatever it is, I don't like the sound. Commander, look! It's a gigantic lizard! The dinosaur happy and it's coming toward us. Get back to the ship. Very happy. Gaining on us. What a monster. Quick, into the ship and secure the airlock. Hey. Hey, he's trying to get in. He's flying at the ship's hull. He's got to do something, Happy. He's big enough to crush this ship like an eggshell. Be sure to join us next week for the menace of Planet X. When Wheat Check, Rice Check, and Good Hot Wilson again present Space Patrol! Special bulletin for boys and girls in Akron, Ohio, Albany, Schenectady, and Troy, New York. Buzz Corey's own space battle cruiser, the Ralston Rocket, will be in your area next week. Don't miss it. The Ralston Rocket! Space Patrol, created by Mike Moser, starring Ed Cameron as Commander Corey, and Lynn Osborne as Cadet Happy, was written by Lou Houston, produced and directed by Larry Robertson, executive producer Mike Devers. Other players were Virginia Hewitt, Norman Jolly, and Ken Mayer. Dick Dufel speaking. Now, don't forget to tune in next Saturday and every Saturday when Wheat Check, Rice Check, and Good Hot Wilson again present Space Patrol! Be sure to see another exciting Space Patrol story on your local ABC television station. Consult your local newspaper for time and channel. This program is broadcast to our armed forces overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Space Patrol came to you transcribed from Hollywood. This is ABC Radio Network.